Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sandwich now. What is up, everyone? We're live, Luke. You didn't know that. But yeah, uh, found out that we're going to have a three-man booth today on today's live locks. Did not know that. Did not fully understand it. But here we are. We got basketball. March Madness is coming up. Not March Madness. March Madness is here. I'm thrown off. Luch literally showed up 30 seconds ago. Did not realize it was hopping on. How you doing, Luch? I'm good. I guess the show must go on. A little miscommunication on our parts, but we're piling in picks today. I mean, it's it's a good week. Dean, I'm still like hopping off the energy of your Kevon Looney ladder from last week. What a call. Yeah, but the analysis wasn't good enough. So <laughs> it just seemed that was people... the funniest thing on Twitter. Guy complaining <laughs> about the analysis on it. Uh, uh. Dejounte Murray, by the way, just rolled out, just rolled out, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you can get any stuff as far as Trey Young anywhere, but hit Trey Young over. It's really, really quickly. Um, yeah, there you go. I, thought about that just I don't think it's going to move that much over on FanDuel. It was already kind of assuming that. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Kawan Looney thing worked, and uh, Tillman on the same night was pretty good too. We didn't quite get there as far as the full ladder, but we hit him on a couple points. And uh, yeah, it's been a it was a nice a nice little run here in the old scores and odds uh, for the people. So hopefully we keep that momentum going. I'm still thrown off because it's taking you behind the curtain. Uh, Luch and everybody else watching, myself and Grant were arguing like for 10 minutes pre-show uh, about Badlands and his prowess for chugging. And Grant thinks he could be a professional chugger if properly trained. And like, it's a whole other conversation. I could have in my younger years. What he's doing, I could do in my younger years. He's like 45. So he's the fi- he's the LeBron James of chugging. Uh, so like to, to say it's because of youth or because of age. Yes, it's, it's impressive, but I haven't been training and I've gotten so many sicknesses. <laughs> That have closed up my throat and increased my tonsil size, Daniel. You know, I'd be a professional basketball player if I was nine foot seven and a better shooter. Oh, Dean, I'm ju- I was just saying I could do what he's doing back when I was 16 to 24. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, well, we got basketball. We're, we're going we're gonna to start off some college basketball bets because I want to know what you're betting on, Luke. I'm probably going to throw a G down on him. Oh, man, no pressure. 
first of all, when I joined, I thought you guys were live, and then you went live, and I was even more confused. But what are you going to do? But no, I'm ready to work. <laughs> I'm actually heading to Atlantic City uh, toward the end of the weekend to see some family, and accidentally go to some sports books while I'm there. Uh, so, so I'm I'm pretty hype. I like UConn, and a bunch of our guys at SAO are on UConn. Um, so it looks like we might have a little a little group sweat. Listen, Arkansas, great story. Um, super strong defensive team. I don't know what's going on with Nick Smith, their best player, but two things stuck out with me. If you're into college hoops and you're looking for a bet for Thursday, Arkansas struggled mightily with good offensive teams and teams that are good on the offensive glass. So uh, UConn, out of all of Arkansas's opponents, owns the second highest offensive efficiency. And Arkansas is only 6-11 and 11 when facing teams in the top half of offensive efficiency on their schedule. UConn's second-best offensive rebounding team in the country. Arkansas is 5-9 and nine against top 50 O-board schools and 17-4 and four against teams outside the top 50. So I think Arkansas is going to struggle. It might be an ugly game. Uh, a game that I don't think is going to be ugly, and my other lean for Thursday is Gonzaga and UCLA. I'm so glad I was not a part of the Gonzaga bad beat against the spread. I'm sure you guys saw all over Twitter at the buzzer with the TCU game. So I had the over in that game, so the more points, the better. I didn't really care at that point. I'm taking the over again, over 145.5 between Gonzaga and UCLA tomorrow. Uh, the pace Gonzaga plays at is super high. UCLA put up nearly 70 against Northwestern last week who plays slow and they play really good defense. And I just think this number is like two or three points too low. So I'd go get that 145 and a half number now uh, because I think it'll move a point, maybe a point and a half by the time tomorrow night rolls around. That's all I got for college hoops. I know we're an NBA show, so I'm ready to let it rip. We are on opposite ends with the Nike and Zaga game. I already bet the under not knowing anything about it because Betfred sent out a promo that they – also changed afterwards, and I'm not terribly happy about. But we'll ride with you on UConn minus four. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I need essentially sent out a promo that's like bet 4K, get $500 in free bet. Bet 7K, get $1,000 in free bets. Bet 1000 or 1100 get 1500 in free bets. So I'm going to bet seven grand on college basketball this weekend. I'm up to up to three. I got Florida Atlantic playing whoever under 130.5 points. And I, I've actually got the under on the Gonzaga game. So we'll see who's wrong there. But I don't know what I'm talking about. You do. So I probably probably rely on you a little bit. Um, and we got some we got some uh, some NBA. Let's get right into it. So I am all over everything. All the overs on the Denver game. I got Jamal Murray over 30. Point five points, rebounds, assists. I got Beal over 23 and a half points and over 24 and a half points. Porzingis over 24 and a half points. Went with the alt line there. Jokic over 24 and a half points. Higher scoring game than they think. I think without Kuzma in there, Porzingis and Beal are going to go nuts. Our projections are right there with me. What are you guys' thoughts and what bets you got for this game? Luch, go for it. Uh, I, I like a lot of what you have here. I think the DeRozan lines are, are really appealing. Um, no DeAndre Ayton tonight, so I think Anthony Davis is in a good spot for sure, and of course no LeBron. So uh, a lot of what you have makes sense to me. I, I like it a lot. Uh, I like Chris Paul in that L.A. Phoenix game, over 29.5 PRA. Uh, obviously no Ayton, no Kevin Durant. Uh, Paul's per 36 numbers are uh, pretty damn good without Durant and Ayton this season, so 
I think he'll have to step it up offensively a little more. Uh, an adrenaline rush of a prop bet I have is Nikola Jokic under 0.53 pointers made or whatever the easiest way to say <laughs> that is. I basically have him to not make a three. The last time I wrote him up, he shot a season high nine threes and it made me look so stupid. It was just, it was just ridiculous. Um, but he, since February 1st, he has a 69% hit rate on not hitting a three. So I think like I'll take those odds any day, even though there's a little bit of juice on it. So I have those two. Uh, I have Jaron Jackson over 25 and a half points and boards. I know Jaw's supposed to come back. Roto Grinders hasn't projected for like 28 minutes only tonight. He's might even be playing off the bench. Uh, Jaron Jackson's been great. I know you guys like that Houston game environment. Hopefully he stays out of foul trouble. He's playing great basketball. So I still think Jay, Triple J uh, can get there unless he fouls out in the first quarter like he used to. And another one is, is, Dame, is Dame time, baby. Like it just feels so gross to click on over 36 and a half, right? But no Simons, no Jeremy Grant. And really what Dame's doing is kind of historic this season. If it, you know, he's right behind Embiid and Luka in the scoring category this season. Uh, and I looked it up. I think he, I think he would be ranked top 30 all time points per game uh, this season if it ended today. So pretty damn good run for Dame, even though Portland stinks. That's where I'm at. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I've got kind of right there with you on the Memphis thing, except for I took Bain over 21 and a half points. Yeah, we don't know how many minutes Morant's going to play. We don't know if Morant's going to come off the bench or not, but we do know Bain loves to chuck threes, and we know Houston gives up the most threes in the league by a decent amount. What do you think about all these bets, Daniel? Yeah, I'm never going to turn down the firing threes against Houston. The Lillard thing is outrageous. The absence of Simons, the absence of Grant, the absence on this year Little as well, and also compounded that with the, the matchup against Utah. Utah is really vulnerable. Better inside than they are outside these days. Walker Kessler is doing a good job on the inside, but he's not going to step out and, and slow down uh, Lillard. We actually have him as median projection for scoring tonight, which is outrageous. Like I don't know, I, I feel like I haven't seen this this high all year long. We have the projections here: median projection, just actual points, not fantasy points, not TFS points, just points in the bucket. Thirty-eight point seven three, which is just an absurd number, just ludicrous. Any acts if you want to choose, uh, and it, and it all checks out right. And there's rumors of. Lillard getting shut down at some point, like when it's all over for Portland, essentially, and it's going to be over soon. So who knows when his last last game is going to be? The only thing I don't like is it's not at, not at home. I just prefer him like doing this stuff at home, and I haven't looked at the numbers, home run splits, and uh, but I just feel like you know he's more likely to just get a ceiling game at home. But I I love Lillard tonight. It's really really hard not to be on board with that. Um, there was something else I wanted to say that I, I feel like I missed out on, but. Uh, I'll probably circle back to it. I believe news is coming in right now. Bogdanovich questionable for Atlanta as well. Uh, I assume if they give him the questionable tag, then he's going to be out. And there's the San Antonio stuff we were talking about. Uh, well, it's half of it at least. We were talking about this pre-show. So they're just playing games. Yesterday, you know, all the guys are ruled in. The guys that were played yesterday are not going to play today. Trey Jones not playing today, no surprise. Uh, Devontae Graham, they're giving him a quad. That's a joke. Uh, he's just resting. Uh, so on. Now the other guys they're not saying are back. Kelvin Johnson, the big body, his neck, uh, he's questionable. Sohan's questionable as well. So I assume those guys are just going to come back and play. Um, but, yeah, I guess stay tuned on San Antonio. What a disaster that is. Um, but I'm guessing Bogdanovich wouldn't go. Like they're going to – a questionable injury management tag? Like, he's just not going to play, right? Like, what's that? Like, why would you even mention it? Why even bring it up if, you you, you know, if you're not going to sit the guy? Like, I don't know. Don't get fired. <laughs> no, no, there's, there's no – no, but, like – 
There's no fining for resting players. You can rest players, but why would he's questionable with injury management? Like it's already on your mind. You're already thinking about it. Like what? Are you, what are we doing? Like you're just gonna do it. He's not gonna all of a sudden not play. I don't think that's just my guess. Go for it. I don't know why the Hawks. Why were the Hawks playing garbage time last night in the fourth? Like they went back for one more I rotation. So angry about that. that. It was, it was so, weird. I had Trey yeah. Young under 45 and a half PRA, and luckily it hit by the hook. But I was just so livid, just him playing down to three minutes left in the fourth. I was so, so angry about that. But by Jonas Valanciunas also was another guy that played well into uh, garbage time last night, which was kind of interesting because he's played – uh, you know, for a while there, he was kind of like buried in the team and, and Nance was stealing a bunch of his minutes. Nance is like hurt. He's playing through injury. Uh, I was thinking about betting some Nance unders yesterday and I probably should have because he's just not getting any run. He had like a three minute stint the other day. He's he's struggling out there. They have other bigs, I suppose. They, they can, you know, work in there with Jackson Hayes and Hernan Gomez. But Valanciunas, I know he's not in the slate, but just something to monitor going forward. Atlanta is jockeying for position as far as playoffs. They're currently in the eight spots. They're in the playing nonsense. They're three games behind Miami, and they're one game in front of Toronto. So theoretically, they want to grab that game. And, uh, Luge, you mentioned this is what I wanted to bring up. You're talking about Phoenix and the Lakers. This game is important for Phoenix right there in the four spot. Uh, based on the same amount of wins as they do have, uh, as far as the Clippers. Um, I think you want to beat the Lakers because, like, you don't want to see them in the play. You'd much rather see Utah. Utah is currently in the 10. Minnesota's in the 9. The Lakers are on the outside. Utah, OKC, in. the Timberwolves, like. Between those four teams that are vying for the last few spots, you do not want to see the Lakers in comparison to the other ones. That's the point I'm making. So if you can give them like a knockout, not a knockout punch, but like a body blow, right, and keep them out. And now I still think the Lakers are going to work their way in. There's, what, 10 games left. And like yeah, this, essentially the same record as Utah. They're right there. It's so congested. OKC is 36-36 and 36 in the 7, and uh, the Lakers are 35-37 in, in the 11. So it's it's insane. And I could have even extended it to the Clippers, who are 38 and 35. Point is, long story short, I think Phoenix is going to do their best to, to uh, you know, keep the Lakers out. And you're talking about Chris Paul. I think Booker is a really, really good play. Uh, I, I like the over on him. And if you think about it as far as the Lakers, like who's going to cover him? I, I Give me the answer because I got nothing for you. Who's going to jump yeah. out there in the three-point line and cover and cover? Troy Brown? Brown? I, I don't know. I don't know. Troy Brown. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Surprisingly, the Lakers have the second best defensive ratings the last 15 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like those roles that Booker and Paul are both in, they could both hit the overs like easily if this game's competitive. I don't see any reason why not. By the way, Kelton the Big Body Johnson, I think that's my favorite nickname just because how fluently you attach it. Like I don't think you can say Kelton Johnson without the big body. It just I think <laughs> I like that more than when you use Molly Wop. I, I don't know. It just flows off the tongue. The big body Kelton Johnson. Like you just can't he's not even Kelton. like huge. Like he's by NBA standards, he's really, like, the biggest spot. I don't know like he's big awesome. body Johnson. It's awesome. He's the best. Big body. Yeah. So is he gonna play? Like, I, was, big body. I was interested in his prop line last night. I was talking to Grant about it before he got ruled out and you know, the usage and everything with all these other guys off the court, but you got to weigh in every blowout, right? So Keldon Johnson could easily go for 40 if a game's actually competitive or, you know, he plays 18 minutes and scores like 15 points. It's a tough, tough thing to bet on. I feel like Keldon's the guy you want to roll all totals with because if it's close, he could crush the number. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a weird one. How much they let him play in that game against Milwaukee, right? Because sp- speaking of Molly Wop, uh the Bucks are 17-point favorites against the Spurs tonight. Um 
you know that might not be now, this first, <laughs> <laughs> that should be the first half line and then like you, you sort of feel like maybe milwaukee does something maybe they rest somebody but far as we know right milwaukee's not resting anybody i believe this is an island game for them but i would just kind of keep an eye on it like if you want everyone to give Giannis a day this seems like a great day to give him um but uh, you know i'm not trying to spec you know just to throw it out there in the ether but wouldn't be shocked if somebody in Milwaukee all of a sudden, like they're resting the Dragic, Leonard, uh, Crowder, and Tedekupo, but that's Thanasis and Tedekupo if he doesn't matter as much as Giannis. Um, but yeah, just keep an eye on it. But 17, you're not a big, uh, you know, totals and sides guy, Grant, but if you have to bet this game, like San Antonio got Molly up last night, lost by 30, 35, whatever it was against New Orleans. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable with San Antonio. They also rolled that McDermott for the record, and um, I think Langford. So, yeah, they're doing as what was expected. You, you played yesterday, you basically can't play today. At least some of those guys can't. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, yeah, I'm probably staying away from that. Um, but we're talking about the Phoenix game. So, I mean, no Aiton. I'm rolling with the overs on Davis. I got him over 25 and a half points, minus 125 at uh, Betway. And then 30 plus, plus 190 was plus 185 at DK. Like Davis is hitting 30 plus in about 50% of his games, getting this a plus 190 at with no Aiden in there. Absolutely silly to me. By the way, Bradley Beal just downgraded the questionable already Kuzma out. You're talking about you liking the overs in that game, Grant. Um, if you can react to that quick enough, I'm not sure if there's Washington stuff out there. Uh, it's a back half of back to back, of course, for Washington, no Kuzma. This feels like a game where Denver can just pile on, but we know their second unit's terrible. And, they have they've been having trouble winning games as is, as opposed to just not just blowing people out. Currently, look like seven point favorites against Washington, but uh, just want to throw it out. I there. mean, the yeah. nice thing is yeah. I had Beal over, so if he doesn't play, that's fine. If he does play, that's fine. But I had Porzingis yeah. over twenty four and a half points at plus one fifteen. Um, so probably hurts my Denver bets, but it probably helps that one. I'm trying to find any other bet. Luch, I'll bring you in for this. Um, Embiid going for thirty five plus in this spot, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I also love the narrativeness of all the MVP, the MVP switcheroo that's happening with Jokic and, and company here. I mean, yeah, he's just incredible. And who knows what's up with Harden? I mean, the foot thing, that's what was his issue was last year. And maybe they mismanaged his – man, I, I almost worded – phrased words poorly there. Maybe they mismanaged his uh, his minutes this season. Um, so I think we're going to see a big NBA game. Again, super high number, but just what he's doing and what Dame's doing is just incredible. Harden's been really, really bad last two games, so maybe maybe he's legit like hurt, and maybe he just sits. And if he sits, you know, and beats whatever usage he's getting as is, it's going to be enhanced. Obviously, guys like Maxi get get a boost as well, but you know, padding the MVP stuff. I and mean, the first they want to win. That's the Doc doesn't care about that, but it's certainly a, a byproduct. You know, there, there's a Venn diagram of like when they're winning. Usually Embiid is smashing as well, but I think there's a decent chance that we get Arden sitting. 0 for 12 his last two games from three, two for 14 last game, uh, scored five points in the bucket. That's the other thing. One free throw, one free throw for Harden in 47 minutes played. You know, Harden, when he really gets going, it's like when he's going to the basket, he's getting fouled, he's getting those cheap fouls too. Um, one free throw attempt? Maybe he's still, again, that's pure speculation, but that just seems wild that he only got one free throw in 47 minutes. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, trying to think of other other bets. I have Randall under points, Barrett under PRA. I'm just throwing these out here. Lillard over seven and a half assists at pretty much even money. 
Beasley over 11 and a half points and over 14 and a half points at plus 210. Yeah, that's it. That, I think we pretty much covered everything. Oh, uh, DeRozan. Uh, we haven't projected for over 25 here. You know what his 25 plus line is sitting at? Uh, plus 125. Plus 145. Which seems pretty good. I hammered it for as much as they'd let me get down, which. That friend's just all over the place. Some bets will let me get down five hundred. <laughs> some bets will let me get down ninety nine dollars, and I like literally within five minutes of each other. And I don't understand it at all. Like not a hundred, but ninety nine. It's okay. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to figure it out, and I think it's just the higher the odds. Like anything that's not plus money, uh, they'll let me get five hundred down on for some reason. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, what, where are we staying at in Atlantic City, Luch? Uh, so I'll be at the Tropicana. Um, I have my big fantasy baseball draft on Saturday, too. So uh, good reason to uh, party a little bit and uh, maybe draft a decent team while I'm at it. See what happens. I'm with, starting a dynasty me? league. Uh, very first dynasty league effort for myself. I'm not running the league, but I'm drafting tonight. So nice. if you have anybody, if you have any of your favorite players, feel free to let me know. I've been digging in, though. I've, I've done some several best balls, and I'm, I'm more locked in on baseball now than I have been in years past as far as being eight days out for the season starting. You know, typically DFS, you know, you, you kind of wait to the end because all we care about is that day. But I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on this season. But, Luch, you got any sleepers you want to – or it's like your, your league mates watching. You don't want to You don't let them out. <laughs> no, they're most likely not watching. Um Man, I, I'm keeping an eye on the fifth rotation spot in Atlanta. I can't believe, like, Ian Anderson got sent down, and I forget who the other guy was. Um, but Jared Schuster, young kid, top 200 prospect, I think. And this other guy, Dodd, another young kid. Big Springs, I want to see who wins that battle. Uh, my league's ridiculous. It's like one of the longest-standing independent auction drafts. Uh, 18 teams It's like the lowest number of teams we've had in a while. I think the first year I joined, we had 26 teams. The draft literally took like 10 hours. It was it was dumb. It was like you have to be a sicko to like enjoy most of it. But by the end yeah. of it, it's like, all right, well, let's get out of here. Are it. you drinking during uh, it? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, that's that's fun. Like 10 hours of drinking by potentially by a pool. I don't know what you do, but honestly, pool <laughs> draft are great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a ton of fun. But I I think uh, either one of those guys from Atlanta are super interesting. Um, other than that, like I, don't, I try not to set targets on guys because then I'll hone in on a couple guys and like not bid on guys that are at decent market prices. I really wanted to go after Trey Turner. The problem is drafting in Atlantic City. Most of his leagues from like the Northeast or they're Phillies fans, and he just hit a bajillion homers in the world in the WBC. So there's going to be a ton, even more recency bias on him. So I'm probably not going to end up with Trey Turner. Um, what yeah. do you guys think the pitch, the pitch clock's going to do for stolen bases before we get out of here, Grant? I know Grant, oh, it's you were gonna... super. On stolen bases it's last year, massive. It's going to be Thor is going to give up fifty stolen bases this year. I just want to say it's not so much the pitch clock. It might in part be the pitch clock, but it's the the stolen base rules where you can only throw to first base twice uh, and in a bat. Uh, and uh, the other part of it is, of course, the, the bases are bigger. The bases are bigger, therefore, the distance from first to second base is closed. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but how many times do you see bang bang plays? Now those bang bang plays are going to go. Uh, they're going to be safe now. And since you brought it up, I happen to see Jason Collette. I believe he was tweeting it out. Okay, here you go. Uh, updated spring total, uh, spring training uh, steel totals. It's pretty interesting. In 2022, teams successfully converted 300 or 430, 411. 
for 73%. So 300 for 411, 73%. This year, 648 for 800 uh, out of 815 at a 79.5% clip. So double as many successful stolen bases and the percentage increase from th- 73 to 79.5%. Uh, this is spring training. I don't know if we're going to see it that drastic, but I think stolen bases are going to be, I was going to say lit, and I realize I'm old, so I shouldn't say that, but they're going to be a thing. And if the books are not on top of this, like it, very, very early, I mean, I would, like, you know how, uh, Grant, you know how we would hit anybody running against uh, against Thor? Like, the, the, I think there, be, there might be positive lines across the board against certain pitchers. Just like, you know, the guys that would steal four, five, seven, maybe eight times in the year might steal, you know, 14, 16, 20 now. No, uh, a so guy to look out sure. for, Sandy Alcantara, I think, was near the top of the league in terms of stolen bases given up. Yeah, he never allowed anybody on base either. So, yeah, he was really vulnerable, not, not great at holding on runners. That's a good point. The tricky part is getting on, stealing first, right? But once you're there, uh, you have a decent chance. But, yeah, stolen bases are going to be – I mean, look, if, if spring training says anything, I know in the minors this stuff was working out apparently. And, again, I don't know how much the pick, pitch clock has to do with it. I think it's more so uh, the rules of only getting to throw the ball uh, twice the first as far as two moves. Pitch clock definitely then, has something to do with it. Definitely. Yeah, it's a combination of, I suppose, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be – yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think these are good rule changes. I was never somebody that was like, oh, man, I can't believe it's three hours and 20 minutes. And I kind of get it, you know, you know, especially with attention span. Uh, somebody pointed out maybe it's just like retention, like retention of the audience because uh, as far as getting these rules and trying to knock out these games two and a half hours, like doesn't bother me. But, you know, then I saw the side-by-side of like one pitch, one pitch last year. Uh, you saw – I can't remember who the pitcher was, and he was kind of walking around and spitting and like grabbing things. In one in one pitch, you saw somebody in spring training. You know, get the side out like a side by side video, yeah. just just incredible. Like the difference. Uh, so I think it's gonna be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, uh, long story short, I think stolen bases are really worth monitoring. And I'm really curious how uh, locked in the books will be. And maybe there'll be some bad lines out there. This Check is really bad. random. I know Cardi does a lot of stolen base projections, and I'm I'm sure he's going to. He's already put this into the equation a decent amount. Yeah, this I would imagine really, so. Really random thought here. But when I when I like the pitch clock first became a thing, I thought of Giancarlo Stanton because I think he wants to hit at the fastest pace ever. The guy literally doesn't get out of the batter's box, right? <laughs> Takes the pitch, doesn't leave, and he's ready. I just feel like he's going to be in such a rhythm. I don't know. I have no analytical like take on that. But I think the well, guy's – like, No more Garcia Parra. When Garcia Parra just could, like – he, oh, he would just get yeah. called out. After every single pitch, he would step out, batting gloves off, batting gloves on, batting gloves off, batting gloves on, like readjusting. He would get, he would just strike out, right? Every time or he'd have to adjust, obviously. But, and like, we're going to see that opening day. We're going to see guys called out. What's going to be more tilting than that? Like, I don't know if we're going to get that, like, in the ninth inning, bases loaded situation. Maybe they do, just to kind of like let the law be known that like, this is what we want to do going forward. But that's going to happen and that's going to be wild. Are you prepared for that, Luch? No, because those swings could go any way. Even with K props, it could hurt you or help you. Like if a guy's on an innings limit or a pitch limit, maybe it gets an extra batter or maybe he just takes a seat. Like this can go so many ways by just gifting one out to either side. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I think we You're will You're going to hit see. a K prop over. Go ahead, Grant. I, I think the Ks are probably going to go up because pitchers are going to get extended. Uh, like, cause you have to have someone warm up and I don't know. I don't know how many mound visits you can do. I don't know if that's changed a lot, but. I would assume you just kind of have to just 
keep going and getting someone warmed up might take too long. But you're if, if you're taking 30 seconds, 35 seconds with team pitch and you're being so, so precise, I think your quality of pitch might go down if you're only if you have to throw it within 15 seconds. Right. Like you have less rest time between pitches. You know, your stamina bar, if we're going to do like a, the show, <laughs> your, your stamina bar doesn't get to eat up in between pitches as much. But uh, like maybe your quality. Good thing Cece Sabathia is not in the league anymore. Was he notorious for taking too much time, Sabathia? No, he was notoriously large. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh seriously. Was- so your theory is if you're a big boy, you need like 20 seconds recovery time. <laughs> yeah, I would know this as a By big way, he's, boy. He's thinned he's out. He's, it's good. Sabathia's done a great job losing a bunch of weight. Good for him. Um, he's thinned out if you've seen him recently since he retired. Yeah, well, I mean, he, but, he uh, said that weight actually helped him quite a bit yeah, the girth was yeah useful to get an extra oomph an extra mile per hour i think was a uh, he probably used different words than that <laughs> but essentially the same thing yeah. but all uh, right well yeah, guys it's been fun thanks for hopping on luch um even though i wasn't expecting it until tomorrow Hi, luch. we're out of here Bye, kids. <laughs>